Yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah, like rocks. That would be awesome. Like send Rocksteady back to high school, and like just hold. It. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I could see that they did world tour. Now they could do like uh, back to school, like the uh, Ronnie Dangerfield. Yeah, uh, oh yeah, like I get no hey. respect. <laughs> I'll tell you, I get no respect here in the sewers. <laughs> Michelangelo here, you know, the master of the whirling pizzas. And you, my friend, are listening to Turtle Flakes, a bodacious bowl of Ninja Turtles goodness. Brought to you by my radical dudes, Rob and John. Cowabunga! Cowabunga, dudes who do that, and welcome to another episode of Turtle Flakes. I am your lowly co-host, Rob, and join with me, as always, are my two bros from Anomo. Uh, that's terrible. That was terrible. Uh, uh, I don't even know what that was. I just made it up as I went. <laughs> Anyways, I've got Rourke Steady. How are you, buddy? I'm good, man. How about you? I'm doing great, buddy. It's good to talk to you. And I've got uh, Mr. Jay Weezy. How you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm doing great, Greg. Glad to be here. Yeah, yeah. I've got my boys here. Yeah. Three episodes in a row. Three? It's a streak. It is Jay a streak. Weezy. It's a streaker. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, no, no, no. Well, well, guys, yeah, today we are actually returning to the adventure series. It's kind of pretty wild to think about it, especially after Rocksteady just told us that the last time we did an adventure book was, what, November 2017? Yeah, I remember because my parents were visiting. And <laughs> oh, it was my God. Like, it was, like, just after Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, well, yeah, it's been a little while. It's been a little while. But I- I'm just so thankful we actually didn't skip another issue this time. I think we skipped issue eight by accident last time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this time we're we're following order, you know. It just takes us a couple years, but, if, you know, we're staying in order. So, yeah, today we're talking about issue 10 of the Archie Adventure comic book, which came out in May of 2000. Oh, not 2000. Listen to me. May of 1990, I should say. So, uh, yeah, well, stay tuned for that. Um, but before we get into the links and, and uh, the shout-outs and everything, how have you guys been doing this week? It's It's been a crazy one for me. It's been busy. It's been a, a work kind of week for sure. But uh, it's kind of been a boring one too. So wh- what about you guys? How have you guys been doing? Oh, I've been doing all right, man. It's pretty boring over here too. Just been trying to – I've been having like a bunch of tech problems, so I haven't been able to put anything on my website or on the YouTube channel or anything like that. So it's just – it's been pretty – it's been busy, but not busy. You know, not busy doing the things that I want to do, but like busy doing things where it's like, oh, well, crap, I got to find a way to spend $500 to $1,000 on a new computer, and I don't really want to do that, and I got to convince <laughs> my wife, and I don't really know how I can keep doing that. <laughs> <laughs> no, baby, seriously, this is the last time. Yeah, the last computer, I swear. Oh uh, yeah, just been uh, busy with work, but I have uh, I started watching the series Firefly, which is very interesting. Um, you know, and... I've always heard about that series, but I've never actually sat down and watched it. I hear it's phenomenal. Yeah, it's everyone really... talks about it like it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. It is. It's not 
that great. It's good. I do enjoy it. I do recommend it. But like, mm-hmm. I think people totally oversold it. Like, oh, it's okay. really good. <laughs> but it's it's not like the best thing ever. But it's it's good. It's worth watching. I really enjoyed it. And uh, that right there, that little description that you were just like, hey, it's not. I mean, it's good. That's my whole life, right? Just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just. I think Rockstar is rubbing off on you, Jay Weez. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, Black <laughs> Panther was just a good movie. It was just good. You know, <laughs> Infinity War was just good. It's okay. You know, oh, geez, shots fired. Yeah. And Firefly was probably canceled because some suits were kind of dumb. Because there's like actually a whole backstory as to why that show was canceled, and that's why everybody's so butthurt about that show. Because like the show was like sh- intentionally put out of order because like aired uh, broadcast out of order because Fox didn't want to finance the show, so they like made sure that it was a failure. Yeah, you could, you could definitely see. Yeah, I, that I know that that's definitely true, and it's yeah, it's kind of weird. There's some interesting stuff in there. Uh, it's definitely worth checking out. And then they also did a movie like several years later. Yeah, um, the movie's yeah. good. The movie, yeah, the movie's the good. movie's better than the show. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it definitely had more financing, but um, so yeah, Firefly. And then I've been playing a lot of Chibi Robo, which is an awesome GameCube game. If you've not tried it, check it out. It's really cool. Nice. I'm so envious of you guys that have all these old systems and all this stuff. It's like, man, I played, uh, you know, I played Mario 64. I played Ninja Gaiden 2 the other day, and I'm just over here like, there was this dude teabagging me on Dead by Daylight last night. <laughs> <laughs> really made me question my station in life. That was just uh, this nine-year-old from Utah was just like, "Oh, you <laughs> words I can't say on this show." And then and so wait, there are words you can't say on the show. I mean, I've heard him say some pretty <laughs> bad stuff. There's some. I don't even want to know. I don't want to know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm afraid. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, well. Before we get into the uh, the feedback, and we have a ton, so we'll try to pick as much as we can while also trying to keep this in an hour, so it might be a little tricky. Uh, before we get into that, we do have a slice of pizza to give out to some fellow uh, Turtles podcasters out there. Um, I've been kind of checking around, and I have to give a big slice to our good old buddy, Brian, that uh, used to be part of our Turtle Flakes feed. He's got his own podcast feed now. It's called Turtle Tracks, so if you just search that up in iTunes, you'll find it. And he has some awesome artwork from Ken Machoni, or, or Mitroni, I should say, which... It's kind of interesting because we're going to be referencing him again with our comic this week. But anyways, once again, Turtle Tracks Podcast, he just released an interview he had with Kevin Eastman. I think it was either February or I guess early this month. Um, I haven't gotten to listen to it yet, but, you know, of course, with Kevin Eastman, you're always in for a treat. And uh, Brian does a great job. So, guys, go ahead and check them out. Uh, Just a big slice of pizza to Brian and his show, Turtle Tracks Podcast. Also, want to give another slice of pizza out to our buddy over uh, over the pond, TMNT Dare Talk. His name's Christian, and as a matter of fact, he actually reached out to us because he just released an episode in English, and his English is actually very good. I've really enjoyed his uh, his episode. I listened to it probably about two weeks ago, and uh, he covers IDW issue ninety one, which we just covered in the last episode. And also the most recent, uh, the most recent rise of the TMNT episode, and he just, he just does a great job. So, so check that out. He's thinking about releasing more English episodes, so you can find that in iTunes. Really easy. You just search up TMNT Dare. That's D E R Talk, and you'll be able to find his show. 
and the English episodes in particular. So uh, lots of respect to him and um, lots of respect to Turtle Soup Podcast, who just released episode 194. So kudos to those guys. And they're covering TMNT Adventures 47 and issue 48 in that episode. So big slice to them. And lastly, I want to beg Zach from Booyaka Show to come back and give a slice of pizza to all the other great podcasts out there like Turtle Power Podcast, TMNT Minute, Turtle Power Pod, TMNT Power Hour. There's a lot of great stuff out there, guys. So if you're a fan, go check it all out. It's all good. So guys, we got tons of emails here. Do you want to read the emails first or do you want to do the calls first or calls only? You tell me. Uh, yeah, pick an email, man. All right. Um, I'll, speaking of Christian, I just mentioned him a minute ago. Let me go ahead and pull up his email. He emailed us about a week ago. All right, so this is from Christian, the host of TMNT Dare Talk. He says, hello, dudes. It's me, Christian, from TMNT Dare Talk. I just want to say thank you. You guys are doing a really great job with the podcast. I love listening to your episodes, and I really get the feeling that you're having fun. And then I have fun, too, listening. I just want to say thank you for all of your shout-outs, and I always love to hear my podcast mentioned somewhere else. Free advertisement. <laughs> <laughs> he says, one more thing. You said that you like what I'm doing with the podcast, but you can't listen to any of it because it's in German. Well, I present to you the very first episode of TMNT Dare Talk in English. And he does provide a link uh, in this email, which I will share on the show notes of this episode. So stay tuned for that. Um, he says, it's a little experiment for me, and if people listen to it and like it, then I could do more of these special English episodes. But always keep in mind that English is not my native language, so some things could sound a little awkward. Just a fair warning. But first of all, I can address that. He, I thought he did a wonderful job. He says, anyway, I would love to hear from you guys and what you think about it. Is it good? Is it bad? Want to hear more from me in English? Well, just tell me. Every opinion is welcome. So that's everything on my side of the world. Austria, to be precise. Keep up the great work and keep it green. Booyah kabunga. I love that. <laughs> uh, Christian does a wonderful job. And I, again, I'll provide a link in the show notes for it so you guys can give it a listen and reach out to him. He's on Facebook. He's very easy to find. Um, just search up TMNT Dare Talk. All right, so we have, moving right along with emails, another email from Anthony Woodham, or Woodham. I, I hope I'm not botch, botching his name there like I did. Was it Michael Dialinus? Did I get it right this time? We're still on that. Yeah, well, still I on think that. I got it. I think I got it. All right, so moving on. So he says, hi, guys. I have a question for you. I was wondering what your thoughts are on the, next, uh, the Netflix deal with Nickelodeon to do a Batman TMNT movie. A part three for the Batman TMNT crossover comic. Is volume two of the Mirage comics collected in a volume? And my final question is, what are your thoughts on the vintage line of undercover turtles with the soft coats, and why are they so expensive? I love the regular non-soft coat undercover Don, and know you all do as well. Thanks for doing an awesome job with the podcast, and thank you for taking the time to answer my questions. Cowabunga, dudes. Anthony, thank you for the email, man. And, uh... Roy said, I feel like this this email's in your wheelhouse. Yeah, um it's actually the uh Batman Ninja Turtles the Okay, so the animated movie uh coming out later this year, I think in May. It's got like a targeted release of like springtime. Yeah, it's called Batman versus the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and it's actually not part of the Netflix deal. This is uh Warner Brothers uh animated uh division. They put out like three or four DC animated films a year usually involving Batman or the Justice League or Superman because those are the big sellers. 
Um, but yeah, Batman versus the Ninja Turtles is a uh, direct-to-DVD, hour-and-ten-minute movie that will come out at, um, around springtime. Now, that has nothing to do with the Netflix deal that Viacom, or, or Nickelodeon, uh, recently announced a few weeks ago. The uh, Netflix animated movie is going to be called Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which has nothing to do with the actual show on Nickelodeon running right now. It's just called Rise of the Ninja Turtles for whatever reason. It's probably another origin film. Um, but there's no details outside of Viacom and Netflix have reached a deal to make a Ninja Turtles animated something. You know, so there's no details, there's no concept art, there's no cast, there's no director, voice actor, voice director, none of that. None of those details are public yet, you know. So more than likely, this will be something that comes out late next year, maybe even early the year after that. Um, but and actually, I would imagine the title "Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles" will be changed. So mm-hmm. by the time it actually comes out, it'll be something, something Ninja Turtles or just Ninja Turtles, and it'll be a Netflix original film, um, which is pretty cool because I mean it kind of seems like a grab bag kind of situation where like Netflix originals are, they're either good or they're just not, you know? And, Mm -hmm. and that's all subjective. I mean, I might like something and Rob doesn't like something or just whatever the case may be. And then of course, and then for the, the undercover turtles that soft coats. Yeah. Yeah. With, where they all had trench coats from what I can understand the reason they're so expensive and they're when we say expensive, it's not just because of our budget. It's stupid expensive. Like an out of box. I saw one without the coat. It was like a Raphael undercover turtle and they have like the hats on and everything. I saw an undercover Raphael with no coat and no accessories going for like 500 bucks. Wow. Really? Yeah. In box, you can get them for over a thousand, sometimes even $2,000. If you find one in box. Wow. And, um, but like the reason they're so expensive has to do with availability and the time that they were released. Like there were, they were a late release. Like Ninja Turtle, Playmates was making Ninja Turtle action figures in that first run all the way up until 1997. And I think they were released in like late 96. So yeah, they're, they're just don't, don't buy those. Don't. <laughs> Don't buy those because all just a limited number. You think, Josh? I I think yeah, they just didn't make as many, you know. Uh, And with how late they were released in in uh, the product's life cycle, but yeah, don't buy those because all you're doing is just promoting eBay sharks, and don't do that. Like you know, just just buy like four of the original undercover Donatello with the hard coat and just paint them. That's what. That's kind of what I want to do. Put a little, yeah. Put a little cloth over the original ones. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just got, that's Raphael now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just put a little washcloth on them. There you go. Yeah. Wow, that's that's insane. So, so I, I take it they're probably a little bit more rare than maybe the scratch figure was. Yeah, there's there's actually a lot more rare figures than there are uh, uh, than scratch. There's like there's like there is this uh, line of Ninja Turtle figures where they cross them over with dinosaurs, and like there's this one shredder figure who was a tyrannosaurus and he was all gray and had big claws and sharp teeth and everything and that one loose is going for like 300 bucks wow 
You know, there's there's a lot like that white jersey Donatello is probably the rarest Ninja Turtle. Remember that one we did that? Yeah, up? Baxter uh, called in about that. Yeah, Baxter has that one, and uh, there, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of Ninja Turtle action figures out there, and there's a lot that had limited runs, have low availability, and now the prices are jacked up on them. Yeah, so. Unless you're like a millionaire, you're not going to get a complete set of Ninja Turtle figures. It's not happening. So. Oh, I hear that. Yeah. You know, I, I was actually looking in the garage the other day, and I'm thinking, I am running out of room. <laughs> I really am. I got to thinking, I was yeah. like, either I need to buy more shelves or I need to get rid of some of this stuff. Yeah, dude, I'm I'm out of room. I'm I'm completely out of room, and I still buy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll figure it out later. Yeah. It was like it was like last week, like every every like every three or four months I rearrange everything. And so like I took everything off the shelves, I dusted everything, I dusted all the figures and I put them up in new air new spots so I could shift some figures around and you know, now I look at those for three months. And it's just like I'm rearranging everything. It's like I have no flipping room anywhere. <laughs> this sucks. Yeah. And my it's wife was looking at me the whole time like, but... Yeah, I told you. <laughs> Oh, I, I hear you there. So, uh, so Anthony, thank you for the email, man. And uh, and Josh, I was glad you were able to answer that because I, I certainly didn't know. I love I love the figures, but I am by no means an expert. So I'm, I'm glad we got you on, buddy. All right, yeah, I just wanted to share a couple news items I saw. Um, one of them was an article talking about IDW. Uh, apparently, they're not doing very well financially. Uh, it says IDW loses million CEO steps down after only seven months on the job. Oh yeah, so this. yeah, they've uh, let's see, the company's 2018 annual report shows a 36 million dollar loss, including a loss of 28.8 million in his fiscal quarter four alone. They also lost money. Uh, it's the second year um, year and year decline since 2016. Um, so they're not doing well financially. Uh, their new CEO has stepped down after only seven months. It's interesting though. Um, in the article, they talk about, um, one of the issues that, that they think that they're losing money is that, uh, the big two, I guess, uh, DC and Marvel aren't selling as many, uh, comic books. Um, yeah. and they're feeling like people aren't coming into the comic book shop to buy those. So they're not picking up the IDW issues while they're there. Um, yeah. so uh, and it seems like they've spent uh, a lot of money trying to get the G.I. Joe license and the Sonic the Hedgehog licenses, and then an all-ages line featuring Marvel characters. But it seems like yeah, all, they've spent a lot of money to get those rights, but they haven't really made much money back on them. Yeah. And I guess they've had uh, some political or, um, public relations problems with someone doing fraud and then some sexual harassment stuff. So the company as a whole is not doing that well. Um, there's another article where some investors are calling for them to uh, sell the company. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't sound good. Uh, sure but it's it's funny that in in both the articles, neither one of them mentioned the Turtles. Uh, they mention other properties, but they don't mention the Turtles. It's just, I don't know. I don't know if people don't realize that they have the turtles, or if they're thinking they're not like a major component of them. But I don't know. I'm I'm curious on the overall sales, like if the turtles are what what percentage of their sales are, are turtle related or not. But see, um, that, that's funny you bring that up because I would, you know, we're certainly biased here, but I, I would think the turtles would be 
you know, one of their cash cows, you know, for, for IDW, one of their, I mean, it's got 90, we're on 92 right now and we're getting to some of the best stuff in the entire series right now, you know? So yeah. I, I, I always thought that maybe the turtles were the franchise for IDW, but yeah, well, the, the only good thing is that since I guess Nickelodeon owns the rights, I'm sure Nickelodeon won't let the turtles just go, yeah go out. I'm sure they would find somebody else, but who knows? I mean, maybe IDW will get purchased by a company that'll manage it better. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so well, we'll see what happens, man. I kind of figured turtles were doing fine anyway. Just, I mean, by all biases aside, they keep putting out like side series and oh, collected yeah. editions of old books that aren't even under the IDW banner, you know, or yeah. Yeah. they did cut I universe kinda, stuff yeah well yeah. they can't I, I can't tell if they canceled universe because it wasn't selling or if they canceled universe because they only intended to do 25 issues yeah because just i don't know i just heard through hearsay it was because they just weren't selling but you know okay. that's people i hear on social media so you know how that goes <laughs> i'm just i'm just really glad that they have idw right now because yeah. Like we were talking about Tales of the TMNT. You can't find those books. I mean, and now you can buy them digitally. There's no other way to get them. So um, I just hope that regardless of what happens to the company, that we can still, you know, continue to see these releases because those are that's really important. Um, which which brings me to my second news story, which I think O'Rourke has talked about. Uh, a Samurai Rabbit, Rabbit comic book adventure finds a new home. And they're talking about uh, Yusagi Jimbo's coming to IDW in June. Oh wow! So yeah, they're gonna they're gonna reprint all the old stuff, and they've got a new number one coming out. Yeah, yeah, wow, full, full no colored collected editions of the complete Usagi saga, which began in 1984. Series has been at Dark Horse Comics since 1995, and was primarily printed in black and white. So I mean, that's good that they're getting. It sounds like they're getting more turtle stuff or turtles related, sort of. Yeah, and now's the time to jump on. I've always wanted to, and I thought, man, I. I don't know when I would have no idea if I were to just hit the storyline running, I, I would have no idea what was going on. So now's the perfect time to do that. And, and the Usagi, that Usagi Ujumbo, uh, articles on the New York times. Like, Oh, wow. No kidding. Right. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. It's a big deal. Yeah. And I mean, Stan Sakai, I mean, he gets a lot of credit just because he's been working on that book since 1984. Like That's I don't, I don't, I don't know what else he's done. You know, he's just, he's done Usagi books. Like, consistently throughout it's like that that guy's got to be the most consistent writer and artist in comics no kidding you still got that same voice and it's still fresh i mean people are still buying them so i don't know anything about it but obviously it must be doing it must be a pretty solid book if it's continued to be this successful for this long real quick like going back to sales for the ninja turtle comic i just went on uh diamond comic distributors website and they do a top 100 selling books by month and uh, there's Ninja Turtles is not on the top 100 list for January of 2019. Really? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And this is some of the best stuff. That, I mean, I, I guess uh, subjective, but yeah. it seems like this is the, the biggest story arc of the entire series. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, it's not it's not you being subjective. I mean, it's it's pretty. I mean, issues don't make it to their 90th issue if they're if they're bad. I think so. Right almost a hundred issues if they're bad, you know? Wow. Yeah. Well, I guess maybe, the, maybe they're not the top selling one, but I would guess the license for turtles is probably a lot cheaper than Batman and, you know, yeah. all the Marvel sure. stuff. So there might be a lot more margin there on a lower, uh, lower volume. Maybe. Yeah. 
Just please don't go away, turtles. Please don't go away. <laughs> That's my biggest fear. That just that they disappear. Like with with this being some of the greatest stuff we've read. Uh, oh man, that'd be no, terrible. Vi- Viacom makes way too much money off the turtles. It's not going anywhere. Yeah. It'll take a year off every now and then, but it's it's not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah. There there are so many people that just became turtle fans within the last five or six years, and so many people that grew up with it that still buy stuff. You know, I mean, this show yeah, is... Yeah, sure. I mean, our show is a pretty good proof positive of that. You know, just... Well, you know, that's th- funny you guys bring that up, too, because if you really think about it, we have had Ninja Turtle comic books since the 80s. You know, there, there, there was there a little bit of a gap between the Nickelodeon or the Mirage era from Volume 4 and when Nickelodeon bought them out, maybe a year gap mm-hmm. in, in comic books or something like that. Yeah. That's it, though. That's it. So they've the print of the turtles has always been around. There is that. I mean, there, there will. I think will always, at least in our Lord will, and I hope so, in our lifetime, there will always be turtles in print in some way, ongoing. But uh, yeah. but yeah, I just like what IDW is doing right now. I don't want to have a brand new origin story with a different company or anything like that. So yeah, let's just hope it stays the way it is for a while. Oh, and very quickly, uh, Anthony, our last uh, email and email in question, uh, Anthony had asked if uh, the Mirage Volume Two Ninja Turtle comics had ever been uh, collected. I I completely went over his question. I'm sorry, but Anthony, you can find the complete Volume Two in a collected edition of Ninja Turtles called Ninja Turtles Classics, and you want there's like twelve volumes of it, and it's just all side stories. But look up volumes eight, nine, and ten, and that'll get you all thirteen issues of volume two. So there you go. Yeah, it's good to know. Hi, this is Judith Hope as the original April O'Neil from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and I'm so glad you called. Leave a message after the beep, and if we're not beating up fat guys and trying to like whip the Foot Clan. We will return your call just as soon as we can. Thanks. What's up, guys? It's Baxter. Uh, just calling to see how things are going. I wanted to uh, respond to your question last week. Um, you you uh, wanted to know if we thought if uh, the turtles were superheroes or not. I would say I consider them more ninjas, but I guess they could be. Um, yeah. Also, you guys mentioned uh, you wanted to start collecting the uh, the 2003 toy line. I just wanted to say, like, over the last year or so, prices have been going up. Figure, you know, the the people who watched watched the 2003 series when they were, you know, 9, 10, 11, you know, now they're in their later 20s. Uh, they have kids. They have better jobs, disposable income. So over the last year or so, prices have been going up because they're starting to collect more. So man, if you're gonna if you're gonna start collecting, jump on it now. There's a lot of great figures, including the Silver Century. Um, I also wanted to talk about a pickup real quick. I uh, I've been buying a lot from uh, Steve Levine, Shellback, and his wife Dee. Uh, shout out to you guys. Um, I've got a bunch of uh, artwork, action figures, cereal boxes, all sorts of stuff, posters. But the one thing I'm really excited about is they sold me their 1992 Playmates toy catalog. And, man, this thing is just so full of great pictures and descriptions and uh, toys and a bunch of stuff that was never even released. 
Uh, so I was curious, are you familiar with it? Have you seen one? Do you own one? I highly suggest getting one if you can. It's, uh, man, it's, it's one of the coolest things I own. Uh, but yeah, that's about it. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Okay. Thank you so much for the awesome phone call there, Baxter. Uh, man, he, I can just tell this guy probably has a heck of a collection. What about you guys? Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah, it sounds awesome. Like, yeah. cereal boxes? Like, that's intense, man. I don't know, like, how you stop that stuff from getting destroyed. It's crazy. Oh, I know. I know. See, if I had room, that would... I think that's the the biggest pull I've always had as a Turtles fan. It's just the random stuff. You know, the, the, the food merchandise that the Turtles were a part of in the early 90s. You know, that kind of stuff really intrigues me, but... Uh, I heard Golly. someone ate one of those cans of like turtles pasta and they oh. actually transformed into like one of the mutants. It was crazy. <laughs> oh man, I'll tell you. Oof. Yeah, he got worms. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> man, see, I've 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 looked into stuff like that, like just the crazy oddities with Ninja Turtle pictures on them, like cereal boxes, and you know, like I saw this one that was absolutely ridiculous. Like they had Ninja Turtle marbles. Oh wow. Just marbles, and you would think they would be like oversized marbles with a picture of the Ninja Turtles inside. No, they were just green marbles. <laughs> like, hey, Ninja Turtles! It. It's like, how is this Ninja Turtles? Just, <laughs> and I just can't, I just can't bring myself to to do stuff like that, where it's just like, hey, I'm gonna find, I'm gonna, I'm gonna spend who knows how many tens to hundreds of dollars on something that we would absentmindedly throw away. Just like, hey, I bought this. I bought this. Uh, actually, one that I did see that I would really like was it was a blockbuster stand-up of the Ninja Turtles, like advertising that they had the animated series on VHS. And it was just, cool. it was just something that they would like staple to the end cap of a of a of a shelf at Blockbuster. And I was like, that that'd be pretty cool to like put on a wall or something. Yeah. But then it's like, no, I, I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, there goes that space issue again. I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. I've actually seen that cutout too. There, there's some really cool ones that are kind of more obscure that I would love to have. But yeah, he was talking about first of all, he was talking about the 2003 era toys, and he, boy, that he makes a very good point. A lot of the people that were kids at that time are adults now, and they're collecting these things now. Oh, so God. that's pretty wild to think about, isn't it? About that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Reminds me how old we're getting. <laughs> yeah, I was out of high school when that when that show came on at first. It's like, oh crap! All right. <laughs> I still remember. Remember, um, we were all sitting at lunch. I was a junior in high school, and I was getting everyone psyched up for the premiere of the 2003 cartoon. So I specifically remember that. And I, you know, I I love that cartoon. It's phenomenal. And some of those toys, I just flat out missed out on. I remember when they were in the stores, but. I just didn't collect a ton of them. Uh, the only one that I, I still have to this day is the skateboarding Michelangelo one that my wife got me. It's one of the first gifts she ever got me was that skateboarding Mikey. And it was the 2003 from the 2003 line. So, yeah, now's the time to start collecting, guys. Baxter's exactly right because they're starting to hike up in price a little bit. So if you have a, some kind of nostalgic attachment to the 2003 series... This might be the time, all right, before things get a little bit too crazy. And like Josh said earlier, you know, those eBay sharks, they're they're privy to this kind of stuff. They know. Uh, so try to find them in yard sales if you can. I'm sure that there's a lot of folks, you know, that, that might be selling these. Um, and then also the Playmates catalogs. I've seen them, but I do not own any of them. What about you guys? 
I've seen them too. I I remember looking. I was actively looking for them last year, and I remember like I was obsessed for a couple of months about getting an old Playmates uh, toys catalogs for the Ninja Turtles, and they're just expensive. Like a little five-page catalog going for hundreds of dollars because they were catalogs that I, a lot of them. I don't know about what Baxter's got, but a lot of the catalogs I was finding weren't actually catalogs that we used to get in the mail from like Sears or JCPenney. Like these things were flyers, basically flyers that were handed out at toy fairs back oh, in cool. back That's in. It's got to be super 90s. hard to find. They're hard to find, and they yeah, like the, the first one to come out in 1987 that was literally the first advertisements for Playmates and Ninja Turtles, a line that came out in '88. That one goes just a crappy little beat up copy of it that's stapled together goes for like a hundred and twenty bucks. Wow! And I was just like, I my my kids would kill me if I spent a hundred and twenty bucks on four pieces of paper. <laughs> I'm like, well, let me yeah. dip in your college fund real quick. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, and it, if you if you've got if I mean, that is an investment, I mean, I I that's the kind of stuff that I would love to get, and if I just had two hundred dollars to just drop on it, I I would find it very tempting. Yeah, I I would real I, that would be one of those things where I bought it and I'm happy for about ten minutes, and then the self loathing, the guilt. Yep, yep. <laughs> <I've been there. laughs> But yeah, those are once again. I am jealous. Yeah, you know, just because he, man, he he got the white jersey Donatello. He's got this thing. I was like, oh man, that's that's the kind of stuff that I would love to get. Yeah, absolutely. And Baxter, I think now Baxter, maybe you can email us in or call, give us a call. I think he has his own podcast, but I don't know what it is. Uh, we'd be happy to to promote it. I'd love to listen to it myself because I know. He has talked about maybe starting a podcast dedicated to the toys, which is an awesome idea, and it's there's there's not a lot out there that do that. Um, so yeah, email us in or text us or or give us a call. Let us know what your podcast is, and we'd be happy to give it a listen and give you a big shout because uh, that's fascinating stuff. And I'm sure you got a heck of a collection that you'd uh, definitely love to talk about. So yeah, and and speaking of those catalogs, if you could send us some pictures of that, we would love to see them and, and talk about that some more. Um, because there's some rare stuff out there that only some of the hardcore collectors have. So awesome. And thank you so much for the call, man. Oh, and actually, that reminds me. Uh, if you guys don't mind, instead of playing the second phone call, we can save that for next week. He sent me a little care package that he wanted me to open live on the show. Is that cool? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Okay. All right, guys. Well, Baxter was kind enough to send me a little this package. This is going to play great over radio. Yeah. So. <laughs> So I'm going to go ahead and open it. I haven't opened it since he sent it to me, so I have no idea what's in here. But I'll try to hurry up real quick and do this so we can get into the comic book. All right. So I got the box. Okay. Oh, my gosh. There's a ton of stuff in here. Oh, cool. So first of all, he sent in the uh, undercover line and a complete... Hockey Leonardo with the helmet I, and the hockey stick. I don't have I don't have the accessories. That's really cool. And looks like uh, Slam Dunkin' Donnie. Very sweet. Oh, another Detective Donatello. All right, very nice, good condition. And Sewer Surfing Mikey. Very nice, very nice. He's in good condition too. And there's 
Oh, there's a sticker of a very, very fat Raphael eating a pizza on a scooter. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, at times like this, I wish I did have a, a camera. That's awesome. All right. And then there's something in a box here. Small little box. Oh, wow. Look at this. This is a it's a Fugitoid collector figure signed oh. by Peter Laird in 2018. Oh, yeah. Dude. Dude. Yeah. Master, thank one. you. Josh, wow. you're not getting this, Jose. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> oh, cool. Let me see this. I... So, okay. Wow. So it's a silver fugitoid in a box with green eyes. Uh, looks brand spanking new. And then, of course, Peter Laird signed this and drew a turtle fi- a turtle head on the on the box of the figure. So that's cool. Crazy. Dude, that's crazy. Yeah. Oh, and speaking of which, Baxter did ask for your addresses. He swears he's not a serial killer, and I can uh, vouch for that. <laughs> but uh, uh, he wants to send you guys some stuff too. So he looks like, oh sweet, a pack of turtle cards. Oh man, I could give those out to some listeners. Very cool. And a couple more here. Oh neat. Oh, so this is the Planet Racers book two off season. This is the the collection that Jim Lawson and Peter Laird worked on. It looks like Jim Lawson signed it. Very awesome. This is really cool. And then, last but not least, looks like TMNT Adventures uh, issue 31 from April. That's very nice. And, oh, cool. One of the uh, Random House Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Escape from Dimension X storybook adventure books. Uh, very cool. So this is, uh, yeah, this is like the kids' books. You remember these, the, the illustrated books for kids? Yeah. I yeah, love by those. Random House. Those are awesome. Yeah, the armor looks great in this. Wow, this is a what a you fit a lot of stuff in this little box. <laughs> well, Baxter, thank you so much. What a nice surprise, man! I, I'll tell you, this is some pretty cool stuff that I'm gonna have to figure out where to display it and everything. But man, thank you so much. What a it's kind of cool having a turtles podcast because people spoil you sometimes. <laughs> That's crazy, man. That was wow. Was pretty sweet getup. Definitely there, huh? give him my address, but don't give him O'Rourke's because I want that stuff. Yeah, you well, got you, it. Buddy. Oh, <laughs> no, go right ahead because I understand what's going to happen. You're going to be like, I got this Peter Laird signed action figure. I got this awesome rare video game, and I'm going to be like, I got a rock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Well, Baxter, thank you so much for the phone call, and thank you so much for the care package, man. That was really nice. Um, and I'll and back, uh, take a picture. Please don't feel like you have to give us stuff. You know. Just... Yes, I. That's what I said. I said yeah, because regardless. Hey, of whatever speak for yourselves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, good deal. So um, we did have one email here, and this is pertaining to the issue. So uh, I think that'd be a good kind of transition for us here. Um, this is from our good buddy Corey, and he talks about TMNT Adventures issue ten. So I'll read this real quick, and then we'll get into the issue. He says, Calabunga Turtle Flakes crew, Corey here with some feedback for you on issue 10 of the TMNT Adventure Series. In the last year or so, I've been periodically picking up the trades of the Adventure Series that IDW has been putting out. I've got volumes 1 through 4, so I was glad when I was able to actually read the issue you chose to cover, as my collection of single issues of this series is spotty at best. Unfortunately, I didn't care for it. Hey, sounds like you, Rocksteady. Yep. Uh, yeah see you guys got a lot in common Uh, the first half of the issue is an origin of worm and scumbug a recap of what the turtles have been up to in the previous issues and a quick check in with krang and treader 
The second half is a slow, boring fight between Worm and Scumbug, with the Turtles as bystanders who are barely even involved in the scuffle. And it ends with both new characters seemingly being vaporized. What a waste of an issue. I'm fine with recaps when they're deemed necessary, but the only thing the Turtles do in this issue is whine to Splinter about how they don't know what to do and how they've gone through some crazy (laughs) stuff. Nostalgia can go a long way, but unfortunately, as an adult, I find myself drifting away from the silly Fred Wolf cartoon slash adventures comics more and more the more I experience them. Josh, as always, I look forward to hearing your feedback on my uh, feedback. <laughs> <laughs> He's channeling his work steady. Boy, no kidding. You guys need to have your own podcast. I'm going to tell you, yeah, dude, we don't have We can do the other phone call. We don't have to talk about this issue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally it's, everything I said was reinforced by somebody who had no idea what we were talking about. That's today. true. He's, Josh isn't lying. Ten minutes before we pressed the record button, Josh was talking about how much he did not like this book. And he, every point he made is exactly what you just said, Corey. Yeah, I didn't even I, – I will say, Corey, man, you brought up something I didn't. Both new villains – brand new villains introduced in this issue and they die at the end of the issue. <laughs> in the course of like two pages. Yeah, it's like, you had one job, and you blew it! You blew it! But you'll, we'll sell a toy later. And, we'll sell toys, yeah. and it's, and you know, I, I don't want to say that I didn't like it, because I, I wouldn't recommend this issue. Like, you could skip this issue. And, like, what's really funny is the nine previous issues, they've all been good. Even when they've just recanted what happened before, they've all done it in a way that's been interesting. Now, did you like the chameleon one uh, more than this one? The chameleon was a nice. I don't remember what I said two years ago. I, I remember you kind of like you. You know, you were maybe a seven or ten with it. I liked chameleon, you know, and and that that took it a long way. Whereas, like chameleon was, as, I mean, how how advantageous was it that this dude who was a who was a spy got turned into a flipping chameleon? <laughs> That's I, karma, that, like. <laughs> You get, like a, <laughs> Sorry. you get like a bad hand at poker, but it wasn't as bad as everybody else's, so you still win. It, you know, it's like you get mutated into a thing that will actually help your profession. You know? <laughs> just, yeah, that's true. You come and go. You know, I I, I I like that, but like this issue was just, oh man, you can just skip this one. It's fine. <laughs> this is fine. <laughs> All right, well, that's a perfect transition into today's issue, so uh, let's go ahead and talk about it. Hello, Violators. You're in Casey's Comic Classroom. Prepare to be screwed. Dave Easy loves this issue, doesn't he? You you love this one. That's easily one of my top tens. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like Nick Stevens. It's better than Kaddish. You know, <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is so good. Uh, it's so good. This is a bastion of what Ninja Turtles can be. Yes, yes. It never really got better than this. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, this is, uh, issue 10 from, uh, Archie TMNT Adventures. Now, I will say this, guys. The cover of this issue is phenomenal. Oh. Um, it, it is so colorful. There is so much going on. I, I love the, the cover of this issue, but that actually leads me into the question of the week for you listeners. All right, and the question is, do you have a problem with the comic covers that mislead readers? Why or why not? Because... This whole showdown in the middle of the city, unless I missed a page, this doesn't happen. 
It all happens underground. Why are Scumbug and Worm like 90 feet tall? Exactly. That's another thing I was thinking. I was like, okay, because I saw the cover and I'm thinking, okay, they're going to keep mutating and they're going to get so big that the turtles don't know what to do. And that doesn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) It really doesn't. I was like, what is going on here? So, but uh, back to the artwork. I think that is this issue's strength. Ken Matroni, he did the pencils here and then Dan Berger, um, a good friend of the show, he did the inks here and, uh, I think the artwork really shines in this issue. The storytelling was, or the script was done by Steve Murphy, and and, uh, he also did the story along with Ryan Brown. Um, And colors were done by Barry Grossman. Letters were done by Gary Fields. And the editor was Scott Fulop. So this issue came out in May of 1990 after season three of the cartoon, which concluded in December of 1989. But this issue's before season four began. I think it began in September of 1990. This also came out shortly after the original TMNT film, the 1990 film, which I looked it up. looked like it came out in March 30th of 1990. So this is about two months after the release of the first film. And Mirage Volume 1, issue 30, had come out just a month after this, the April of 1990 uh, mm-hmm. issue. So that's kind of where the context of this particular adventures book comes out. So it'll, there were a lot of great things going on during the time this book came out. And it's kind of cool because you see Eastman and Lair, they're, they're, they're busy with Playmates, you know, and they're busy with uh, the Volume 1. So the the other crews working on the adventure series at this time, Ryan Brown, Jim Lawson, you know, some some other folks that were kind of the guys pulling that weight while Kevin Eastman were gone, or Kevin Eastman and Peter Lair were gone. So I think one cool thing about this issue is that it was actually the debut of Worm. I don't think he ever showed up before this. Is it also the debut of Scumbug? I, I would assume yeah. so. because well, he, he mutates in this issue. Yeah, yeah. Well, right, right. So you would think so. But I was wondering if maybe they had mentioned it before in the cartoon. But I actually did some research on that, and... Worm never really makes an appearance in the cartoon from what I've seen. He only is in one commercial for the cartoon. He's in a toy uh, commercial, yeah. And yeah, yeah. It, and the, by the way, the toy came out in 1991, so that was later. So this is the one that starts it all. The funny thing about Scumbug, though, is like Scumbug appears in his first appearance is in my favorite episode of the Turtles called Night of the Rogues, where yeah. Shredder finally gets mad and just gets all of the best Ninja Turtle villains and forms a super team, and they go attack the turtles all at once. And the turtles see Scumbug for the first time, and it's his premiere on the show. It's the first time even the viewer has seen Scumbug, and they refer to him as if they've already fought him before. Oh, wow. No kidding. Yeah, so Scumbug is like, oh, my God, it's Scumbug. It's like, who's Scumbug? You guys don't know him. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, everything involving Scumbug just sucks. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. This is the first time you've seen him and you're talking about him like you fought him for years on it. Sucks. All right. (laughs) Boy, Josh is really selling this book. Yeah, he is. (laughs) By issue 11. (laughs) Oh, gosh, you guys. So, uh, okay, regarding the uh, toy commercial, if anyone finds that toy commercial, I'd love to see it. I've just seen like some screenshots of it. Um, send us a link to it, okay, yeah. at turtleflakespodcast gmail dot com. I'd love to see that toy commercial that has worm in it. Yeah, um, you can find it's on YouTube. Just look up Ninja Turtle toy commercials. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll keep digging through that. Yeah, and then you know, first of all, 
Scumbug and Worm, they look very different than what we see in the the toy versions of them later on. So I'm wondering what might have happened there. I don't wonder if the toy companies wanted to change up the design a little bit or if maybe that was a Ryan Brown decision. So I'd, lo- I'd love to hear the backstory of that if anyone knows as well. So does anyone want to start summarizing? We can do a speed summer if you guys like. I already did it. I'm done. I'm not doing this again. <laughs> You've done your part. I'm not, I'm not talking about this issue again. No. Uh, I, can, uh, I can take off. Uh, I'll, I'll do a little bit, and then you guys can jump in. So uh, as Rob described, the cover is awesome, really cool looking. There's these huge monsters uh, creeping over the buildings looking down at the turtles. Really good coloring. Um, it's really fun. Then it pans to the sewers, and it talks about the fact that there's all kinds of nasty chemicals in the sewers and you could kind of see a worm down there and a rat it kind of makes you think that uh it might be a splinter origin story but it's not uh <laughs> it's more about the worm uh and then we see uh rocksteady and bebop flagrantly disregarding epa regulations and dumping toxic waste into the sewer <laughs> i'm not really sure why uh or what it has to do with the issue but uh I guess the point is they're just trying to describe how the sewers can have a lot of different chemicals in them that can be dangerous, mixing uh, inorganic and organic chemicals, uh, which can bring about radical change. Yeah, and they look so happy doing it too, Bebop and Rocksteady. Like, you look at Bebop, he's like, he's got his head uh, tucked in his hands, he's just grinning away like, oh, this is so much easier than doing it the legal Yeah, I, I feel like there was a drawing <laughs> of him like on the beach originally, and then they just moved it to like a dirty sidewalk in, uh, in New York. Uh, I can see that. Yeah. You know what's really funny was like Rocksteady was all about going to the EPA and disposing of these chemicals in a non-hazardous way. And Bebop was like, let's dump it in the sewers, man. So you remember we're oh. villains, right? <laughs> like, yeah, like Rocksteady, like, you know, it just you find out one day he just wanted to be like an insurance claims lawyer or something like that. It's just, you know, he, he actually has a good heart and just like poverty <laughs> and lack of a good education just led him down this road to being Rocksteady. Yeah. You know, it was just... Rocksteady my macro series, I'm calling it. Yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah, like Rocksteady, that would be awesome. Like send Rocksteady back to high school, and like just hold. It. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I could see that they did world tour. Now they could do like uh, back to school, like the uh, Ronnie Dangerfield. Yeah, uh, oh yeah, like, <laughs> I get no respect. Rock- I'll tell you, I get no respect here in the sewers. Rocksteady and Bebop Night School. That's what it is. That's <laughs> oh what- my goodness. <laughs> oh gosh. The quest to the GED. GD. <laughs> <laughs> Rock City so, Bebop, get her done. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would I would actually read that. That would be very funny. That dude, that would you could you're talking about a million comic seller right now and you don't even know it. Yeah, we could save IDW. We, yeah, we could save, <laughs> we could save IDW when no one else can. Yeah. So so the story continues and it goes down into the turtle lair where we find out that Splinter is actually a huge Metallica and Anthrax fan, which is really yeah, cool. Yeah, it's a <laughs> 90s metal right there. It's really cool. I was surprised like I'm waiting for the lawsuit from Metallica to come across. It's like, "Hey, you put our likeness in a Turtles comic book from our Archie series back in the 90s. We want money." We want the Turtles money. Yeah. <laughs> um so uh, the turtles are talking to Splinter, uh, as Rookstrady already uh, talked about. And one thing that's a little bit disturbing is if you look at Splinter's eyes, they look super red. Like I don't know what's oh, going. Yeah. There. Splinter. I don't know. Oh, maybe. Maybe that's why he just wants to watch TV all day. Maybe and listen to all this uh, this evil music. <laughs> yeah, like, Leonardo, you're like, well, I don't think it's that. I think his eyes are red because Leonardo's ruining his buzz. Like, yeah, I'm chilling out. You can't be talking to me about all your problems that you made. All right. <laughs> it's 
so the turtles are talking to Splinter about the fact that he's abducted, or uh, to, about the fact that Krang has abducted uh, some of the characters from other worlds, and the turtles are saying, "Hey, we want to go after uh, Krang. What do we do?" <laughs> I don't know. You do it. <laughs> you just go find out where Shredder is. I ain't doing. I'm watching my stories. So Splinter gives them a lead, right? Yeah, Splinter gives them a lead and tells them to go. Uh, uh, where I don't remember. He tells him to look. Oh, look! Look at his sub base. Uh, Shredder's hidden lair. See if you can pick up uh, any leads at his sub base. Uh, so they're about to leave, and then Splinter asks Raphael why he's dressed in all black. Um, he's in this completely black suit. Even his face, like his arms, everything. There's no green. He's just completely in black. Um, and Splinter looks really angry in this in this yeah. panel, like super angry. He's like, "Like I will cut you." Yeah, like <laughs> is this really necessary? Uh, and and he just says, "Well, it's nearly dark half the time, Master." And he says, "You grow wise in more ways than one, Raphael." So he's like, "All right, you give the right answer. I'm no longer upset." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then uh, right after that, uh, we get a cutaway to Shredder in I forget he's he's not in the Technodrome here. He's in like a New York building. Uh, which yeah, is somehow connected to the sewer. If you look at it, like this dude's uh, knocking on his door with a door knocker, and it says Saki. Saki Ig, that's funny. So this guy is, he's got a corporate, he's like a corporate head. He's, he's got his own business that he created. I think it's, yeah, yeah I think it's the parent uh, company for the uh, the Crooked Ninja Turtle Gang. And uh, what was the pizza place they had? Ninja, oh, pizza, Ninja pizza, Home of the Nice Slice. Home of the Nice Slice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think this is a corporate headquarters. Yeah, and I also like the the elevator too. You got two, you got the lobby, you got basement, sub basement, and sub sub basement. And like, I like oh, that they drew some music notes there just to let you know. Yes, there is uh, elevator music. Just in case you're <laughs> girl from Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the exterminator too. Uh, Shredder's like, "You're late." He goes, "Hey, we all, pal. Hey, we all." <laughs> He's like, eh, "Whatever." You can just tell that this guy is just like he hates life. He's like one more screw up away from eating a bullet. Like this guy, just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, so uh, you know, Shredder has a little conversation with Krang, and like Josh said earlier in the show, I don't know if we were recording at the time though. I wish we were. Um, he, he uh, uh, Krang's just talking about how he's you know. It says, this is a rather heavily populated sector in Dimension X, or at least it was. <laughs> like, maybe he killed some folks. And that's about it. Shredder's just checking in on him, and Krang hints around that he's working on something or trying to search for something. I like that they have FaceTime, like, way back before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> and the connection seems, you know, pretty good. Yeah, it's not bad. Pretty good for 1990. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, it's that yeah. Dimension X Wi-Fi. He's got some interference. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, Shredder has to cut the call short because he doesn't have unlimited data. So after that, we get a cutaway to the Terminator, the Exterminator, not the Terminator. Uh, <laughs> Dude, that's series. all this issue's missing. Right. Yes, that's true. That's true. Sarah Connor. Want to live. <laughs> Did you guys catch the name of the, of the company? The Extermination Company? No. Roach Busters! Oh, you got a call. You should have said that when he answered the door. He's like, Roach Busters. Roach Busters, what do you want? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, don't they say something like, that must be some cockroach? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's cockroach, yeah. Yeah. Bite your head off, man. <laughs> so, yeah, this guy, now he's not even using his equipment here. He's just crushing these <laughs> roaches by hand. All of them. Yeah, <laughs> and then, you know? Come on. And then he gets bit by a bee, it looks like. It's not a cockroach, I don't think. Is it? 
He, no, he gets bit by a roach. Yeah, roaches have wings. Oh, okay. Okay, I got you. So, you know, he gets what's coming to him. And the roach and then... says, <laughs> Like After the roach you. bites him. like So this like, is a sentient <laughs> roach that went out of his way to bite him on the thumb. Like, and he's really I know. This... Like, I got away with it. Yeah. <laughs> this roach basically ran away while giving him the middle finger. It was amazing. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he literally slips down a, um, I guess, a leaky sewer... There's an open handhole cover in this yeah. fridge closet. Yeah, and I like one of the boxes uh, before he slips. It says, if lost, return to Dimension X. Yeah. So, you know, there's some, there's a lot of humor here. Definitely cartoony. And there's all these contain. There's like all these oil drums that say that clearly say mutagen. Mutagen. <laughs> even, even the sewer uh, manhole cover is labeled sewer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I almost wonder, like, was that supposed to be a placeholder in the artwork for them to tell him to draw it, and they just, like, left it? Like, like let's leave it in. It's fine. Yeah, it was like, I what? Think, I think this whole room is just idiot-proof, because this is where Bebop and Rocksteady have to work. Ah, that makes <laughs> sense. Yeah. It has to be something like that, because it's just, like, this is this is just, oh, my God. This is, like, before there was, like, baby uh, baby-proofing your house with, like, outlet covers and stuff like that. You had to Bebop-proof your house. Mutant proof. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, the guy slips down and he falls into the sewers, which ends up not being too far from what the uh, turtles are. All right. Oh, and the mutagen also falls down there, which explains the origin of Worm here. Now, I will say, once again, the, the strength of this issue, I think, is the artwork. The artwork is phenomenal and, and the inking and everything. So we finally see, at first, Worm's back turned towards us. So we don't see his face right away. The turtles, they're, they're um, trying to make their way to Shredder's headquarters through the sewer system. And uh, they hear something. So they turn around real quick, and all of a sudden, something splashes underneath the water again. So they're like, I know I, th- I, know I saw something. And then you see, I guess, the, the, day, the silhouette of Scumbug here. So this guy mutated quick. Unless some, there was some time progression here. This happened within seconds. Five minutes. Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe five minutes. Uh, it's we missed. There was like some very fine print on those canisters. It said mutagen. It said instant mutagen. Just add water. Just messing with me. Yeah, oh, just, oh, <laughs> oh if that's what it was, well done. like they basically made the flavor packet from ramen out of mutagen, <laughs> and you just add water to it. Mutation. Boom. Insta mutant. <laughs> it's cup of mutant. That's what it is. Cup of mutants. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, so and then it's cool because I've got the original uh, Archie comic, and there's some advertisements for for some Archie comics uh, halfway through this book, and then we get this really cool little um, ad for it says Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles animation art from the hit TV show to you, actual animation artwork for your favorite half shell heroes. So if you send in a request to this particular address in Burbank, California, you could get uh, delivered artwork. It says please allow two to four weeks for delivery. So. Uh, cool little ad there. Then it gets right back to the story. So finally, we see Scumbug on the next page, and he looks great. Once again, the designs here are phenomenal. But once again, you know, Josh made a great point that what is his motivation? Why does he want to kill the turtles now? I, does he want to eat them? I don't. I think I don't know. <laughs> that's kind of what I'm getting. That's kind of what I'm getting out of this. Is he wants to eat the turtles? But I like the, the turtles are like, says. we don't know you. What? Yeah, well, why does everyone want to eat us? Uh, so, yeah, he's walking through, and then all of a sudden, Worm shows up on page 17, and his design is 
is just as good, if not even better, than than Scumbugs. So many details, and I love the t- the googly eyes and the tongue coming out of the mouth that also has teeth. It's like yeah, the, like the his, alien his tongue. Fingers can stretch and all this stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, looks awesome. Now again, he looks a lot different than the the toy that we see, and Scumbug I think even looks more different. Yeah. Um, but yeah, even though this this design's different from the toy, both the designs are awesome. Absolutely awesome. So the turtles, they go, uh, they, well, uh, Worm and Scumbug, they start fighting over who's going to get the turtles. So that kind of leads to this big showdown between them. And once again, Corey did make a good point. The turtles are kind of like bystanders here. And poor Michelangelo, so he gets caught by Scumbug here. And then eventually, doesn't he? No, no, he gets caught by Worm, worm first. Yeah. Then uh, Donatello saves Mikey, and then Mikey falls right into Scumbug's arms. So Donatello, or he's like Leo. So Leo's got to save him again. So some great layouts here. I can say the layouts were great. At least the fight scene was really neat. I love how that he uses the tongue and kind of digs into Scumbug's chest. I mean, Worm kind of gets the, I think the the better hand here. What do you guys think? Yeah, like he kind of owns Scumbug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does. He's got like the the little alien mouth coming out of the mouth type thing going yeah, on. Yeah, I love like, that. Grabs people with it. Yeah. Yeah. And finally, yeah. So, Josh, would you like to explain what happened to poor Worm and Scumbug again? You did an elegant job with it before. Oh God. Okay. So, so Worm uses his little tongue, his mouth within a mouth, and like attaches himself to Scumbug and hits him, like throws him into the ceiling, which is admittedly kind of cool. Okay. So like <laughs> in that act he ruptures the gas main and then worm throws scumbug again into a electrical box, which are all over the place where there's heavy amounts of water apparently. And it ruptures the box and sparks from the electrical box, uh, ignite the gas that were from the ruptured gas main and everything just blows up and the turtles hide underwater and it ends up with Michelangelo's shell on fire, which is kind of funny. Um, <laughs> but yet, I don't. That's what happens. They die three pages after they're introduced. They die. That's it. That's yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any coming back from that. Yeah, <laughs> there probably is. Yeah, <laughs> they, they found a way. Yeah, that's true. As a matter of fact, I did a little research. Worm does come back, but it's years before he comes back in the Archie series. Yeah. Uh, I think it was. Um, I had it written down. Okay. He, apparently, Worm does return in Archie issue fifty nine, which came out in August of nineteen ninety four. So it took about took him about four years to figure out a way, but Worm does make an appearance then. And uh, yeah, the last thing we see is the turtles surrounded by rats, which leads into the upcoming Rat King issue, which I haven't read from the Archie series. So at least yeah. there's there's that to look forward to. But overall, I didn't I didn't hate this issue. Um, I think it is what it is. It, it's kind of it, it reminds me of the cartoon, plain and simple. You know that there were, if if you were to look for plot holes, you could find them easily um, in in the the original cartoon. But it still had some charm to it. Although I do agree with Corey and definitely what Josh said about. Uh, I wish that we had any kind of hint that Scumbug and Worm might still be alive, but. From this issue, we don't get that. So we think this is a one-and-done thing, and probably for quite some time it was. That's my my only real gripe that I have. But other than that, it is a beautiful issue. Oh, and, and of course, the fact that the cover 
uh, going back to our question of the week, do you have a problem with comic covers that mislead readers? I was a little disappointed. I thought there was going to be a big showdown in the city, and there wasn't. Yeah. Um, so there was that. And also, the colors that are on Scumbug on the cover are not consistent with the colors you see in the book. Um, but that that's about it. Uh, other than that, I actually really like this issue, and I thought it was very well drawn. What about you guys? Well, um, so if you guys go back to the the scene where they're they're deciding to go through the uh, the tunnel in the sewer, oh, it's yeah. very yeah. strange. Like if you look at the artwork, uh, the panel in the middle where Leo is talking to the rest of the group, Leo looks really angry, and so does Raph. And then Donatello looks kind of like concerned. Yeah. And then the panel below with Raphael, it looks like he snaps his head around and says something really nasty. But he's not. I feel like they changed the dialogue here. Oh, really? Huh. Like, because it looks like Leo and Raph are fighting. Yeah, if sure you, does. If you don't pay attention to the words. So I'm, I'm really curious if they changed the story there. It just seems out of place, like the artwork. That's true. Yeah, because he does look mad. He looks super mad. It's really weird. Uh, man, we, but, are, we are all coming down on this issue, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean... So, yeah, we all love the Turtles, and we like to stay positive, but uh, to be honest, yeah, this issue was a disappointment for me. I mean, the artwork is really cool, and I love the two characters and the way that they drew them. It's yes. really awesome. Like, So I love that they introduced two new characters. I love the artwork. Those are really cool, and it's cool to see them. But the rest of the issue, like Josh said, it's just a filler. There's not really any real story here, and especially the fact that you don't actually see the characters until like the last four pages and then they're gone. Yeah. Uh, like instantly. So yeah, true. yeah, it was a pretty big letdown in that regard. And uh, I don't know. I'd say overall, like if, if you only have so much money, you can only pick up so many comics. I would probably pass on this one to get a better issue with some more substance and, and just look for something a little more interesting. Um, unless you really want to see these, the artwork on these. Sure. Yeah. The artwork is worth the purchase, man. You know, I, I mean, more than likely you're going to get this in a collection anyway. So you've got three other issues in these things that are worth your money. That's true. And well, that you know that brings um, another good point. You know, if you're trying to find these online, it could be a little tricky. Like if you're buying these digitally on Comicsology, it's weird because it doesn't give you the issue numbers all the time. Uh, right. So I believe the name of this issue is going down with a question mark. Hmm. Um, let me look oh, that yes, up. that's yeah, right. Because, that's what I see here. Yeah, so I believe that's in the uh, Adventure Series Volume 3 um, in yeah, Comics Yeah, the IDW Odyssey. reprints. Yeah, so if yeah. you guys want that, that's where you can get it. Because uh, I was I was having a, a tough time figuring out if it was uh, which volume, if it was 2, 3, or 4, but it is 3. So. Yeah. yeah, and I'll say this, you know, it, these, these issues were only a buck. You know, so these were perfect for kids. <laughs> oh, that's well, true. You know, I yeah, wasn't thinking they were perfect for kids. Yeah, for a dollar, know? it's worth it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and like you said, the artwork alone is so beautiful in, in this issue. So Ken Matroni knocked it out of the ballpark, along with Dan Berger and uh, the colorist. Just did a great job. As far as the story goes, well, that was a little lacking. But, you know, that's okay. It, it's got some charm to it regardless. Um, so, guys, if, the if you have... The is Metallica, too, was nice. Yeah, the Anthrax and Metallica. That's great for kids. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, if, if uh, you guys have any further feedback on this particular issue, send us an email. We'd love to talk about it. And uh, don't forget about the question of the week. Um, so if you want to send us an email, our email address is turtleflakespodcast at gmail.com. 
We are on Twitter at TurtleFlakes, and we do have a Facebook group page at facebook.com slash groups slash TurtleFlakes. As always, we love the phone calls. Keep those coming. Um, Corey, we will play your phone call on the next episode for sure. And Chris, still haven't forgotten about your emails. We will get those on the next episode for sure. Um, our number is 865-309-4875. A big slice of pizza goes out to our buddy Mark Pellegrini from tmntentity.blogspot.com for his wonderful reviews. And another slice goes out to our buddy Anthony Hernandez from Totally Tubular Turtle Tuesday on YouTube. Just search up Bat Bomb 82 or the title of that show, and you'll find a lot of great family-friendly um, toy reviews, not just Turtles-related, all kinds of stuff. So check that out. And um, we're proud partners of the Retro Gaming Times magazine at classicplastic.net slash TRT. They just released their March issue, which I've not gotten to read yet, but one of these days I do want to do just a complete Turtles series where I start just talking about the the classic games, you know, and maybe some of the more obscure Turtle games out there. Um, and then lastly is Josh's Turtle Tracks blog. Would you like to talk about that real quick, Hosehead? Uh, yeah, uh, the turtletracksblog.com is a website where I just kind of muse about pop culture, uh, comic books, movies, video games, toys, anything that uh, really comes my way. I like to sit down and talk about it with uh, with whoever reads it. Um, and you can also find me on YouTube at Turtle Tracks Games, where you can watch videos of me playing games terribly. So. <laughs> I love that's that's your tagline. It's me playing games terribly. That that's that's something I can relate to. Everything I do, no matter what like actual talent or driver ambition actually goes into it, like there's always an asterisk to it where it's just kind of <laughs> like, this is really good writing, and this is he's really good at this game, but it's Josh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and yeah. <laughs> oh man, buddy, I can I can relate. No, for no joke. For for anybody that wants proof of that. This issue was my idea because Rob texted me the other day. I was like, what should we do? I want to get back to the classic era. And I was like, let's look at the next issue of the Archie comics. And he's like, awesome. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Almost made it a whole episode. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's funny. Yeah. Well, you know, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't terrible. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. By now, we're just apologizing for it. But like, hey, <laughs> All right. Well, uh, so I guess the question we all want to know before we close out another Totally Tubular episode is, what kind of pizza are we going to have today, guys? We got to have Jay Weezy. We got to have Jay Weezy pizza, man. He always has the weird stuff. So I'm going to say, in in honor of Worm, Mm -hmm. uh, we are going to have a pepperoni and gummy worm pizza. (laughs) Oh, sweet and salty. Yeah. I immediately regret this decision. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, keep it up. I'll add pineapple. Oh, oh dude, dude. Geez, better put a sock in it. <laughs> you know what, man? I will tell you this, man. I might not like pineapple on pizza because I think it's the devil's work, but <laughs> if, you, it, if you've if you listened to this show for a while, you do know that I enjoy a pepperoni and banana pizza. Oh, well, we can add bananas. Yeah, I'm not adding bananas to, gl- to gummy worms. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. I understand. Well, well, guys, thank you so much for listening, as always. And thank you for all the wonderful feedback we've gotten in the last few weeks. Like, there's so much that we have, like, a backlog of feedback that we, that we just need to... We might have to just dedicate a whole episode to listener feedback soon. Um, and that's a good problem to have. So thank you so much for calling in. Uh, don't forget about the question of the week about comic covers. I'd love to hear what you guys think about that. Personally, it doesn't bother me. I get it. 
Um, although in this issue, I'm kind of hoping for a little something. But anyways, I digress. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for uh, just, just always being supportive over these past six years. It's been a wonderful ride. And, uh, and on behalf of the guys and myself, here's to hoping you enjoy a mega slice, a pepperoni, gummy, and banana pizza. Cowabunga, dudes. Cowabunga. Cowabunga. I literally read this thing in five minutes. Not because I was just like, just screw it, I'm just going to blow through this issue. It only took me five minutes to read because nothing happened from this issue. Okay? So, like, there's about maybe four or five pages of this whole issue where they literally recount the actions and events of the previous nine issues. Shredder, for whatever reason, hires an exterminator. <laughs> <laughs> to clear out a roach problem in his closet other than using his foot and you know it's, he runs a group of people called the foot just irony is there and this uh, exterminator is just like I'm gonna kill all these roaches oops I fell down a manhole cover in this closet why is there a manhole cover into this closet I don't really know and then he falls into the sewer, and you're told by a narrator that sometimes mutation happens, and the turtles are walking around after they explain the plot to Master Splinter, and Splinter's like, I'm watching TV. And then he's like, okay, fine. So they go out to look for Shredder's secret base so they can go find Krang, uh, because he killed off, like, all of Wingnut and Screwloose's whole entire race. And Krang actually laughs about it later. She's like, this is that densely populated part of Dimension X that I'm in right now. Oh, wait, it used to be. And the turtles uh, are walking through the sewers and inexplicably Scumbug, who now is murder of murderous intent, shows up and Worm show, just kind of like rises out of the water and is just like, I'm going to eat you. And Scumbug's like, well, I'm going to shoot you first. And then they fight, and, like, Worm throws Scumbug into a wall, which ruptures a gas main, but at the same time, breaks open an electrical conjunction box, or whatever it is, and sparks from the electrical box ignite the gas main, and everything explodes, and the turtles are like, good thing we hid under the water the whole time, and end of issue. And that's the end of the show. That was, that was the whole thing. The whole 